Podcast episode number twenty-eight. I'm your host Dustin, and as always, we have with us. It's Apple. This is Savannah. And we are bringing you all your movie, TV, video game, merchandise, and general news for the last two weeks, as well as spotlight character, which we will be featuring Vicky Vale. And our feature, we are going to talk about all the different actors that have portrayed Batman over the course of the last seventy years. So let's get right into movie news. The first thing we have is a nice little snippet from IGN. I'm talking with Alan Horn, the exec over at Warner Brothers, about Nolan returning to Batman 3. Uh, so we're just going to play the clip real quick. I have to ask you uh, about uh, a third Batman film with Christopher Nolan. I know he's doing Inception next. Is it the plan to have him go from that into Batman 3? Is it possible that he might just write the third Batman film and not direct it? Well, we have this new picture with him, as you know. So uh, Chris is uh, now focusing his energies on this new project that we have with him. He's very mindful of, uh, of the Batman legacy, and I think he'll be great. I mean, I, I think we'll, we'll, obviously we want more... Batman movies. Alright, so as we already knew, Warner Brothers is being very cryptic as far as whether or not Chris Nolan will be coming back. Um, rumors are that the fact that Chris Nolan is doing Inception with Warner Brothers is basically an inclination that he could be coming back for Batman 3. He's just taking some time off the franchise, which we've all been in agreement that we want him to do. So, not a whole lot of news out of that interview. No, I mean, it's good that Warner Brothers, like how we said before, just leaving him alone, let him do his thing. All he's doing is just recharging his battery, guys. Don't don't read nothing into it. The guy is just recharging his batteries for the next film. Yep. As long as it's not a no, it could still be a yes. So that's what matters. <laughs> and the fact yeah. that it hasn't been a no is a good sign as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving on, March 8th, The Dark Knight's run in theaters has ended. Warner Brothers removed The Dark Knight from theaters this weekend to make way for Watchmen. Overall, The Dark Knight grossed more than $533.3 million and was the most attended film since Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, back in 1999. And as we know, it was also the number two grossing movie of all time as well. Right. We almost made it, but, I mean, gosh, how do you beat Titanic, so... (laughs) Hopefully someday someone will, but... (laughs) We need a year where nobody wants to make any actual money and only one big movie comes out. (laughs) Yeah. As of March 10th, the Blu-ray anthology is now available. As we know, it collects Batman 1989, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman Robin on Blu-ray. You can pick it up everywhere now. Yeah, and I picked mine up at Best Buy. And surprisingly, they only had one, which was crazy. Maybe they're selling out. That wouldn't be too surprising. Kind of a big deal. I was hoping I would see more. Yeah, but at the same time, I guess my nitpick about the Blu-ray is that there's not anything new. There's no new special features. Yeah, that was Mm -hmm. disappointing. Okay, so as of the Oscars being over, we thought that award season was over, but it turns out it's definitely not. On March 11th, The Dark Knight was nominated for 11 Saturn Awards. Now, the Saturn's Awards are awards handed out by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, and they announced the 35th Annual Saturn Award nominations 
the Dark Knight got 11 of them. And they include action-adventure thriller film, actor for Christian Bale, actress for Maggie Gyllenhaal, supporting actor for both Heath Ledger and Aaron Eckhart, director for Chris Nolan, writing, music, costume, makeup, special effects, and best DVD special edition release. The awards will take place on June 25th, and I don't think they're going to be aired on TV, but we'll find out who wins, and as always, we will be reported. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we we do a sweep. Yeah, that would be exciting. That's an interesting award show that they award a special edition release of a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> kind of interesting. This Academy is directly probably formed by nothing but fanboys, which yeah. <laughs> is probably why. They should send us our ballots then. <laughs> yes. We're we're waiting for them in the mail. Mm-hmm. Alright, so the last bit of movie news we have is on March 13th. Ain't It Cool News got a scoop on some new news about a new Batman movie. Now you may say, what? A new Batman movie? Now, if you haven't been keeping up with the direct-to-DVD PG-13 animated films from Warner Brothers, Wonder Woman just came out, Green Lantern's coming out the end of July... And then the question is, well, what's coming next? Well, according to Any Cool News, which was confirmed by World's Finest on Monday, Superman Batman Public Enemies is going to be the next Warner Brothers animated film. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. And the synopsis that was given by Warner Brothers is that United States President Lex Luthor uses the oncoming trajectory of a kryptonite asteroid to frame Superman and declare a $1 billion bounty on the heads of the Man of Steel and his partner in crime, Batman. Superheroes and supervillains alike launch a relentless pursuit of Superman and Batman who must unite and recruit superhelp to stave off the action-packed onslaught, stop the asteroid, and uncover Luthor's devious plot to take command of far more than North America. Well... Oh, I I love a good story. Yeah. And the rumor that's floating around is this is actually going to come out sometime in the fall, which is really interesting. Last year we had Justice League New Frontier come out in the spring, and then Batman Gotham Knight come out in the summer, and then there was nothing up until this spring with Wonder Woman, and it's interesting that they're going to put out three different movies this year. It's about yeah. time that he got busy, man. I mean, hello. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, you got. I'm serious. You got some of the greatest icons in pop culture history, and you don't do anything with them. I mean, you should have something slighted throughout the year for these guys. You know what I mean? I'm not just talking about Batman. You got. I mean, it's about time Green Lantern got his due. It's you know the Wonder Woman animated film was a, it was a good movie. I loved it. You know, but uh, I mean, I mean, we can't we can't go over there and kick Warner Brothers in the butt. But hopefully, they can get you know in gear, and this year they can see this as you know a stepping stone for next year. Yeah, we can do our best to verbally kick them in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> These mo- movies have been great. I haven't been disappointed by any of them. So no, they've been awesome. They've been really yeah. good. So keep them coming, please. So this goes back to what we we mentioned in the podcast back, I want to say, in November with the possibility of two planned Batman movies for the future. This would be one of them, and maybe we could possibly be seeing The Long Halloween. Or maybe Dark Victory. Yeah, any of those would be great. Anything. Just keep the movies coming. 
exactly. Alright, so on the TV news, we've got a couple things to report. The first one is on March 5th, World's Finest reported that Batman the Brave and the Bold has been picked up for another season with another 26 more episodes. Now, just to clarify, we said in the last podcast we were under the assumption that the episode with Joker and Owlman a couple weeks ago was actually the season finale, and it turns out it's definitely not because there was a new episode just last week. So, no word on new episodes coming up. We haven't gotten the word of new episodes. There isn't a new episode this week and next week, as far as we know. But I'm sure that we'll get some kind of announcement within the next week about new episodes in April. But it's been picked up. No official announcements come from Cartoon Network, but somehow World's Finest got the scoop and it's been picked up for another season. So we can expect to see Diedrich Bader playing Batman for uh, another 26 episodes. You know, I was wondering, is this thing, like, taking off? Because I try to go to Walmart and try to find the Batman figure just for that because I'm going to collect every Batman figure out there, and I couldn't find it. But most of the the figures for that have been, like, going off the shelves, I guess. So I'm wondering if it's turning into, like, a semi-big hit. I don't know. I mean, I I don't have little brothers or sisters, so I wouldn't really know if it's taking off or anything. I think it's it's kind of a, a sleeper, and not really a sleeper, but sleeper to our age group because people who are really going to be buying this stuff off the shelves really aren't going to be collectors as much as they are going to be kids. And as we said in the last podcast, this is really going towards the kids aspect, which is a good aspect because it'll keep Batman around and get Warner Brothers to do things, not just for the kids, but also to... You know, like we said, put out some more movies in the future mm-hmm. for us. Yeah, maybe the movies are for us and the Batman Brave and the Bold is for the kiddos. Yep. Alright, so yeah. the next thing is we just have two real quick things. On March 9th, Teletoon announced that they are going to be airing the Batman vs. Dracula. Teletoon is a Canadian equivalent to Cartoon Network up there. So if you live up in Canada, you can watch the Batman vs. Dracula on March 29th, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And then on March 13th, Teletoon announced that Justice League is coming to Teletoon, and it will be on Teletoon's new superhero-themed Friday nights coming April 17th. It's going to air in the 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time Block, and that's the same night as Batman the Brave and the Bold airs on Teletoon as well. Good for you, Ooh, that'd be good if... Mm-hmm. Oh, Canada. You've got other problems. Alright, so moving on to merchandise news, only one thing to report. On March 10th, there was a lot of news that came out about these Batman costume replicas that Universal Designs is making. They're making Batman Begins in the Dark Knight Batsuit wear. As of right now, they are making jacket and pants, and they basically look exactly like the Batsuit, only they have a zipper on the front so you can wear it as a jacket. They are actually really cool. Type in Universal Designs on... Google and it'll pop up. You can check out. They've got a bunch of concept art on their website right now of what it'll look like. And what's interesting is they also have a lot of other concept art for items that they haven't announced, such as gloves. And the gloves look exactly like Batman's gloves in Dark Knight. So they could be something else that could come out down the line. All this stuff is premium leather that's coming out exactly replica to what we saw in the movies. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on some of those things. That's going to be awesome. Compared to your usual requests, 
jumping out of an airplane is pretty straightforward. Okay, guys, and that's going to lead us into video game news. Thursday, March 12th, was released the new trailer for Batman Arkham Asylum, a.k.a. Predator. And this video was really tight. And here's just a small snippet of what the Joker said. of Arkham Island, and you can all consider it out of bounds. If I see any lawmen, vigilantes, or do-gooders in tights coming this way, I'll start detonating random bombs around the city. Okay, guys, that's 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 the only thing that we can play for you from the trailer because that's the only thing that you can virtually hear from the trailer. So what that was is that uh, it just showed stealth movement of Batman within the video game, kind of showing like ninja type reflexes. Dustin, Savannah, what did y'all think of the trailer? I thought the trailer was good. I wish it would have shown a little bit more gameplay, but then again, I'm the way everything is rolling around. I'm, I'm thinking we might end up seeing another trailer before the release of the game, anyway. But I, I, I like the idea of the predator. They called it the predator aspect. I really like that idea because that's what Batman is. He moves in the shadows, and he takes out criminals without them knowing he's even there. He doesn't just fly in and, and, and introduce himself like Superman does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was more excited about the first trailer, mainly because, I don't know, the first trailer was more sweeping and nice something. But this one really caught the spirit of Batman. Like Dustin was saying, he, he preys on the criminal underbelly, so... Just getting yeah. more and more excited with everything that they release. Well, I, I can't wait. Well, also on the release date of Thursday, if you went to GameStop to go ahead to their website, they already had a semi-build. And I say semi-build because it's not confirmed yet. Now, what was put on on the first day was the actual special collection and what is it going to entail. At the time, it had a 12-inch battering a DC encyclopedia, downloadable pack content number one. Now, they say number one, so that's good news because maybe we're going to look forward to future downloads within that. And the next item is a bonus DVD with the -the behind-the-scenes feature and soundtrack of the video game. Now, what they did was take it down, and they actually put the contents are not yet specified, but did, we caught them right when they were posting it. So, oh, this is for you guys. And you can go into the for- our forums, BatmanUniverse.net forums, and we posted it there. I also went to GameStop. You can go ahead and put the game on reserve. It is going to cost you $10. And if you're Bruce Wayne, you can afford it because <laughs> it's going to be $99 for this special edition. You guys have any reaction to that? All I can say is I'm... I really want to know more details about this $99 version. The downloadable content is a huge plus, but as far as the Batarang and the DC Comics Encyclopedia, I I need to know more about that before I find out whether if I'm going to get a plastic Batarang, I don't that, that's not worth it. And if I'm going to get an encyclopedia that is just going to be a general version of all kinds of characters that aren't in the Batman universe, then that doesn't really make a difference to me either. I'm assuming it's going to be just Batman characters because that would make the most sense. But the fact that they label it DC Comics Encyclopedia makes me think otherwise. As far as the bonus features, DVD and the soundtrack, that could be cool. You really don't ever see a a video game soundtrack get released very often. So that's cool. 
but that's $99, like I said, I'll have to hold off on putting my reserve on that until I find out, you know, for sure. How much is the regular edition going to be? Because the price, I guess, the difference. Fifty nine. Is the regular price is going to be fifty nine ninety nine. So that could be worth it. When they said DC Comics Encyclopedia, I assumed they meant the one they already have out. You know, which I mm-hmm. already own. So buying that one wouldn't be too economical, I guess. But I thought the battering idea was cool, and the soundtrack would be awesome. And soundtracks are usually like. Ten dollars or something. So, it to me that adds up to an extra forty dollars if you if the encyclopedia is worth anything, I guess. Right, and what leads this to speculation is that they labeled it DC Encyclopedia. Now, some people who have go ahead and stopped the the first trailer swear that, that they saw Doomsday in there. And if you go back and looked at a pause version of it, it looks like a character that looks like Doomsday. That's in there. So it could be speculation. Who knows? Maybe Superman makes an appearance later on. We don't know. But the fact that they put DC Encyclopedia leads you to believe there might be something else in there besides Batman characters. The other, the other thing that makes you think that there's going to be more to the game than what they're saying is that the fact that there could be a downloadable content, is, does that mean there's more levels? Because that's what I would want. I did, because everything that we've heard about the game so far is that you know, it's a, it's a fun game, but the, the producer for the, the game did an interview saying that you could play the game in 16 hours, nonstop, and have it completed. So, downloadable content, I hope, I'm hope i hoping it's just not going to be like different bat suits or, you know, if there's a level with the Batmobile, you get a different Batmobile. I'm hoping that it's maybe like extra levels. It'd be cool if it was just bat suits or Batmobiles, but... I want it to have extra levels. I want this game to really be successful long time and not just be an, another Batman game. Yeah, that's right. something I didn't think about with the downloadable content, saying that was worth it. Because they do sometimes just have the costumes, and that would not be... I would be a little bit miffed if I paid for the special edition and got something like that, but extra levels would be awesome. Yeah, and they could have like different game types also. That seems to be the norm also with downloadable content is that a lot of developers seem to start adding you know different kind of features to the game. So we could be looking at maybe a new play type within the video game also. So that would be very cool. Maybe a whole Batmobile level, that would be cool. Okay, guys, on March 11th was also the release for the cover art for all the system that Batman Arkham Asylum is going to be released on. And what it shows is armor damage. You can see some of Batman's armor being damaged in there. And so you can see that on the cover art. You can see Gotham City and you can see Arkham Asylum. And the cover looks very cool. Very cool. Guys, also, when I went to GameStop, they also had the release date. The release date that they had on there was June 9th. Okay? So here's hoping on June 8th they have a midnight release. So, hey guys, June 9th looks like the date for Batman Arkham Asylum. So delightfully soon. It's around the corner. <laughs> yep. I gotta get me one of those. Alright, so that's gonna move us right over into general news. We have two things to report. Now, we haven't had any general news in pretty much forever, but there are two things. On March 1st, I came across some news about a costume exhibition at a museum. If you live in West Virginia or are going to be going to the West Virginia area between 
well, it started on February 7th between now and May 10th, they are having an exhibit called Extraordinary Costumes from Film and Television. And the description reads, Costumes play a crucial role in defining characters for visual storytelling media such as films. This exhibition examines how costume design incorporates color, style, scale, materials, historical traditions, and cultural cues to help performers and audiences engage in the characters. Organized by the Experience Music Project Science Fiction Museum in Seattle, Washington, this exhibition includes 43 costumes and artifacts from Star Wars, Batman, Blade Runner, The Terminator, Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, The Wizard of Oz, Ghostbusters, and other films and television shows. And that is at the Clay Center in West Virginia. Ooh, maybe one of our listeners can go out there, um, take pictures of whatever they have with Batman out there, and post it on the forums. Love to see that. Yeah, that would be great. In fact, just take pictures of everything, because that's a great list of films there. (laughs) Maybe this exhibit will start traveling, so West Virginians make it very popular so that it will travel. That's awesome. All right, so on March 5th, 42 Entertainment released a documentary about the viral campaign from The Dark Knight. Now, 42 Entertainment, as we all know, ran the wonderful viral marketing campaign that we all experienced during the beforehand of the release of The Dark Knight, and they didn't talk about it at all during the entire campaign, didn't make a mention about it, played off as if it was a real thing, not it was a job, and then the movie came out and we still didn't hear anything, and they finally posted something as of March 5th on what they have a dedicated website with a couple videos discussing everything that happened, and they have claimed that there was over 10 million people from 75 different countries that were involved in the viral campaign, which is, in my opinion, pretty successful. Oh, yes. I mean, we did a prior podcast even before even coming into the Dark Knight movie. I mean, man, they did an awesome job. Loved it, like, waiting around, looking on websites, seeing what the next clue was. That was awesome. It was not only successful in volume, it was really well thought out, well done I mean, everybody that participated agreed that it was a great experience. So, documentary will be interesting to watch. I really hope that if they ha- they have some kind of marketing awards, which I'm sure they do, I'm almost positive that they probably do have some kind of marketing awards. I really hope that 42 Entertainment wins some kind of award for all the work that they did. Yeah, they got the fans award. <laughs> 42 <laughs> Entertainment, if y'all listening, thank you. Y'all got our award. Yeah. Now, who's behind this little enterprise? All right, so that's all the news we have for this episode. We have a little bit of a new thing with uh, Spotlight Character just for this episode. We might do it in the future. Let us know how you like it. But Josh from the Comic Cast actually put together our Spotlight Character talking all about Vicky Vale. So we're going to throw it over to Josh. He's going to tell you all about Vicki Vale, and then we'll go into our feature. Today we are going to be taking a look at Vicki Vale, a fictional character in the DC Universe, who has been one of Batman's many love interests, dating all the way back to 1949. I don't know who you think you are. What's significant about Vicki, compared to Bruce Wayne and Batman's many other love interests, is she's one of the only ones who has stuck around for a long period of time. Julie Madison and Linda Page both predated her, but neither of them had any appearances outside of the 40s until many, many decades later, and even then, it was cameos now and again, and we would never see them. 
Batman's other two notable love interests who have appeared with a lot of frequency have been Catwoman and Talia, but they're both more in the lines of the villains and rogues and allies category. Even though she hasn't been around the whole time and she's had absences now and again, sometimes lasting decades, Vicky has always come back, as opposed to Julie Madison, who disappeared in the 40s, came back in the 70s for a few one-off stories, and then had a cameo in the 80s, and then just finally was revamped in the post-Infinite Crisis version for the Batman and the Monster Men. Linda Page hasn't been seen since, well, first she disappeared in the 1940s, before Vicki Vale showed up, and then she was just in an Earth 2 flashback story sometime in the Bronze Age, and she hasn't been seen since, really. Vicki Vale first appeared in Batman, issue 49, back in 1948. She also shared her first appearance with the Mad Hatter. Early Vicki Vale carried around a big camera, and Bruce Wayne asked her out on a date. Ever the working girl, she told him at the time that she couldn't go out on that particular night because she had work. But, date they eventually did, and Vicki in those early stories, would become suspicious about the fact that Bruce Wayne and Batman might be the same person. As with the early Superman Lois Lane stories, there would be elaborate hoaxes in order to throw Vicky off trail, including some stories where Batman was appearing with a broken leg and in a wheelchair, and Vicky was convinced that if she showed up at Bruce Wayne's door, coming and knocking, she would see Bruce with the same broken leg, thereby confirming her suspicions. Bruce would hide in a little steamer, he would cover his legs up, but Vicky was ever persistent. Eventually, Batman's legs healed and so did Bruce's, so Vicky was never able to prove her suspicions, but stories like this ran rampant in the early Silver Age. Her job as a photographer also put her into contact with Batman many times, and the two of them developed a romance, so she was dating Batman and Bruce Wayne. In some stories, she would try and snare Batman into marriage, such as a story where she wanted to become Mrs. Batman. And an early misunderstanding, and due to a prince being in town who wanted to marry Vicky, caused Batman and Vicky to pretend to be engaged. But the hoax went a little too far, and an actual wedding was planned. Vicky had no intentions of backing out of this marriage, but eventually the hoax was resolved when... Vicky was told that she would have to have reconstructive surgery if she was going to be Batman's wife, something which she didn't want to do. Nevertheless, Vicky still pursued Batman, and on one occasion he was even a rival with Batwoman for his affections. This is the Silver Age ridiculous stuff at its best. Both Vicky Vale and the Kathy Kane Batwoman from the 1960s were finalists in the Woman of the Year contest in Gotham, and they had to prove their abilities. This ensued some hijinks, with Batman trying to protect both of them from getting into trouble. Eventually, both girls won the contest, and the prize was a date with Batman. In the mid-60s, Julius Schwartz decided to revamp the Batline, and he got rid of a lot of what he called the excess and silliness. So Betty Kane, Batgirl, and Kathy Kane, Batwoman, and... Vicky Vale, and a lot of the other weird stuff, like Ace the Bat-Hound, was swept under the rug and forgotten about for many years. As such, Vicky Vale's last appearance for a while was Detective Comics 320, except for a flashback story in World's Finest a few years later, and some pinups in a story about the woman of Batman's life. Vicky Vale wouldn't be seen for a while. Stop the press! Who is that? That's Vicky Vale! She's the photographer who's working with Knox. In the late 70s, there was a title called Batman Family, which featured the Dick Grayson Robin and the Barbara Gordon Batgirl, as well as a host of Batman-supporting characters. 
one of the features of this oversized title was that you'd get reprints and flashback stories, and you'd see characters who hadn't been seen in a while. One of the stories involved was Commissioner Gordon and Alfred throwing a surprise party for Bruce Wayne, where a lot of old friends like Aunt Harriet and others showed up including Vicki Vale, who introduced Bruce to her husband, Tom Powers, and she said that her name was now Vicki Vale Powers. This would have been nice if the writers had remembered it when they brought Vicki back in the 80s. When Vicki came back in 1982, her marriage wasn't mentioned at all. In fact, she was going by the name Vicki Vale again, and the explanation for her absence was that she had been in Europe. That seemed to be a popular uh, excuse lately, because when Lana Lang returned in the Superman titles around the same time, she was also said to have been in Europe. I think when DC comic characters go away for a while, we can just assume that they've all been in Europe. The editors forgot about her Batman family appearance, and the footnote actually said that she hadn't appeared since Detective Comics, issue 320. Whoops. Well, she began dating Bruce Wayne, and this was a soapy opera era of the Batman titles, so she came into contact with Selina Kyle Catwoman, who attacked Vicki Vale because she was jealous. Vicki Vale also had to deal with Alfred's daughter, Julia, but none of you remembered her, who also had a thing for Bruce Wayne. So, there was some soap opera and cat fights all around. Also, once again, Vicki was on the trail to prove that Bruce Wayne and Batman were the same person, the magazine or newspaper that she works at, which has switched from time to time, sometimes it's the Gotham Gazette, sometimes it's the VU, sometimes it's it's different things, and it's not consistent, but at this magazine, apparently Rupert Thorne was pulling some strings, and he was actually trying to find out if Bruce Wayne was Batman through Vicki Vale's investigations. Eventually, Vicki was proved wrong again, or so she thought, and she wound up becoming editor-in-chief of the newspaper slash magazine that she worked at, However, post-crisis, things changed. Post-crisis, Vicky was back to being a photographer, and her place of employment changed a few times, the name of it at least, and she was given a deeper backstory. Apparently, she had been a child model who had bonded with a dog during one of the photo shoots, but one day, when she came back to do the other photo shoot, she noticed that the dog was different. She was told that the dog that she'd been working with had been run over by a camera truck and that this one was replaced. She was told, don't worry, no one will notice the difference. This event traumatized her, and she decided that cameras would never lie again. Still dating Bruce Wayne, eventually, his absences and excuses drove a deeper and deeper wedge into the relationship, Bruce was going to tell her that he was Batman, but he eventually decided against it, and the relationship ended with Vicky going off with another man. Eventually, she started appearing on a show called The Scene, which is the DC Comics Universe's version of The View, and disappeared from the Batman titles, with the exception of a few cameos now and again. The breakup did deeply affect Bruce, and after Bane broke his back, when Bruce was in a state of delirium, he was naming a bunch of different things, and he talked about how he had failed Vicky Vale. Not totally gone from the Bat titles, though. She last appeared in Morrison's run, where the panelists on the scene were talking about Bruce's relationship with Jezebel Jett. Since then, it looks like she will be back in Gotham in the upcoming Battle for the Cowl, called Gotham Gazette, Batman Dead. Miss Vale telephoned. She was rather concerned. Vicky Vale also has different media incarnations. She appeared in the Batman and Robin serial. Back then, she was played by Jane Addams, and just like her comic book counterpart, she tried to prove that Batman and Bruce Wayne were the same person, but was to be fooled by a tape-recorded phone message provided by Alfred. 
She was played by Kim Basinger in the 1989 Tim Burton Batman film, which gave her a higher awareness among the fans. Some people suspect that she may have been based on Silver St. Cloud and that they want to use Silver St. Cloud, but they couldn't because the name was silly, so they used Vicky Vale. I myself think that is a little far-fetched, but you never know. We'll see if anyone opens up any light in an interview. Some comic fans and comic historians cite the 1989 Batman movie as what brought Vicki Vale back into the comics after years of absence. However, looking at the years in her appearances, that is clearly false, as Vicky had semi-consistent appearances from just before the crisis to 87 and a little bit of 89 before the Batman movie came out. Like her comic counterpart, the movie version of Vicki Vale is a photojournalist, and she discovers that Bruce Wayne is Batman and enters into a relationship with him, but Jack Nicholson's Joker also wants a piece of her as well. In Batman Returns, she is absent, and Bruce is now dating Selina Kyle. During a date between Bruce and Selina, Bruce mentions Vicki Vale and says that the relationship had ended. In the animated direct-to-DVD movie, Batman vs. Dracula, Vicki Vale appears, and she is updated. This time, she is now a television reporter. What does the future hold for Miss Vale? I guess we'll have to keep on reading Battle for the Cowl and find out. Hey, it's okay. You can tell me. Okay. So that's going to bring us into our feature. And as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we are going to talk about all of the actors that have played Batman in any kind of media... Let's, we're just going to stick to the live-action media for today. We're going to talk about all the actors that have played Batman throughout, I guess, the last 70 years, because we can't just say the last 20, 30 years, because Batman's been around for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, in 1943, the first guy to go ahead and take Batman onto the silver screen was Lewis Wilson as Bruce Wayne. You know, for him putting on the costume... He seemed like pretty, pretty built. I guess for a guy, I mean, you know, I don't know if they lift weights back then, but he looked pretty big for that role. Yeah, I thought Lewis Wilson. He he did an okay job. It was a serial. It wasn't the best, and they definitely didn't have a budget like they do nowadays to do the movie. He did a good job. Batman and Robin, nineteen forty nine. This is the first Batman and Robin movie, guys. The role was played by. Robert Lowry, who played Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman. Now, from my understanding, this guy was sort of a... He was a hot looker, I guess, back in the day. So, I guess they try to get more women into the movie theaters for this guy. Robert Lowry, I, 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 I don't have anything else for that guy. And neither do I. So, let's move right into Adam West with the, the 1966 TV show... And then eventually the movie. We're not we're not talking about TV shows today, but Adam West played Batman. Adam West, to a lot of people, will always be known as Batman because of his portrayal in the '60s TV show. And I'm sure Apple's got a boatload of stuff to say about Adam West. <laughs> I loved Adam West. He was that perfect comic bookyish guy who played that bubblegumish Batman so perfect. I mean, he knew you could you just know that some of the lines they want to make you laugh, but I mean, he had a straight face. He was like that, I guess that actors actors and he just did it, pulled it off. Loved Adam West. I lo- I loved his acting as Batman. He was a great actor. My favorite thing about Adam West is he has the greatest voice and he did, did that kind of I always associate it with William Shatner where you just kind of pause and then do that dr- super dramatic thing. Exactly. It was great. 
Alright, so then that would move us up to 1989 with the Batman, and then obviously Batman Returns as well with Michael Keaton. My personal opinion, Michael Keaton, he was definitely not built for the role of Batman, but I wouldn't say that he did a bad job by any means, and he got hired because of his eyes, as Tim Burton has said in interviews, because they wanted to have somebody who could basically look like Batman while he's in the costume. Definitely does not look like Batman, and honestly, that line at the end of Batman Returns where Christopher Walken says, Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed up as Batman? That is uh, very likely to be the question on everybody's mind, because Bruce Wayne definitely does not look like he is Batman. <laughs> I I would disagree. I love Michael Keaton. I loved him. The way his eyebrows sit down and always looked mean, it always looked like he was perfect to wear and don the cowl. I loved it. Now, he didn't have a body. He looked, like, pretty weak to me. It didn't look like he could much fight. But, I mean, he, he pulled the persona off as, as far as the as the facial features of the Batman and the cow. I loved Michael Keaton. And to me, even even Christian Bell, even to this day, he, he doesn't do what Michael Keaton had for me. And I, I just love Michael Keaton. I like Michael Keaton, too. And he was probably my favorite out of this Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher set of Batman because, well, maybe it's just because he's sort of the original. He did sort of embody that changing from Bruce Wayne to Batman. I mean, even though he didn't quite, he looked kind of weak and didn't seem to like he would fit into the muscled costume or whatever. It sort of worked for the character because he's, you know, the playboy billionaire moving into the fighting crime so it kind of works thematically yeah, it looked like he didn't even know what weights were so exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah alright so then that would move us to Batman Forever with Val Kilmer I thought Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne he did a very good job I thought that him as Batman not as good I, I thought he was a really good Bruce Wayne he was built for to be Batman, he wasn't a smaller guy, but I don't think that he portrayed Batman as well, and I think it was more of his voice than anything else. It was just kind of, and I, I know a lot of people complain about Christian Bale's voice when he's Batman because it sounds like something's grabbing onto his throat, but at the same time, Val Kilmer was just like, especially that line, I'll never forget that line. I'll get drive through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that I thought that was the worst line in the world, and it just made his voice sound like crap to me. You know what, Val Kilmer? I would agree with you on that voice. I can't I I can't see why people cut on or mention even Christian Bell's voice because uh, hello, you remember Val Kilmer? And it always looked like when he was talking, it always looked like he took a breath. It almost looked like, like that. And the one thing I always remember about Val Kilmer being Batman are his lips. I don't know why. It's just like they're like poochy together or something. I, I, I didn't get that. I didn't, I didn't find him tough. I didn't find him tough, but he did have a cool Batmobile in his movie. So that was that was one thing cool about that. <laughs> yeah, I've got sort of similar thoughts. He creeped me out a little in the cowl because, I don't know, something about... I think his eyes are too close together to wear the Batman cowl. It just looks weird. And he had that voice, which I didn't like for some reason. I guess, I don't know. Something was wrong with it. And he he's such a flat sort of actor. It was all just 
he didn't really change too much from Bruce Wayne to Batman, and it was all just, I'm Val Kilmer playing Batman and Bruce Wayne kind of thing, maybe. I don't know. And he always, I didn't like all the, they put him in a bunch of turtlenecks as Bruce Wayne. It was weird looking. <laughs> Gotham's cold. <laughs> Sure it is, but whatever. Speaking, speaking of cold, let's move over to Batman and Robin. Oh. Uh, now, it's funny that you mentioned Val Kilmer was Val Kilmer playing Batman because that was the opinion that I got of George Clooney. George Clooney at the time was, you know, people's sexiest man alive. He was super popular with ER and a bunch of other things that he was just he was really getting on the map at that point. And he did Batman, and I felt like they said, hey, let's get the, the one guy that, you know, a lot of people want to see now, and we'll get him. And that's what they did. And in my opinion, he sucked. He was the worst one, because he really did play George Clooney. He didn't play Batman. He didn't play Bruce Wayne. He played George Clooney. If you watch scenes when he's Bruce Wayne, and then you watch scenes when he's in Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, or Thirteen, it's the exact same character. There was no emotion for the character whatsoever. And as Batman, there was no change. If you didn't know that Bruce Wayne was Batman after seeing George Clooney in the costume, you were an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I, I... I oh man, George Clooney. Gosh, every Batman fan hates this movie. It's uh, this this <laughs> this movie was just awful. I mean, not even the Batmobile could save it. <laughs> and I love Batmobiles. That's but, sad coming uh, from you. I know. Yeah, it's pretty sad. <laughs> but yeah, George Clooney. No, George Clooney was not Batman in no way, no how. Yeah, I don't know that I can add anything to that commentary because I agree completely he just didn't fit and it's odd because you think he would fit as you know well no it just didn't <laughs> Ugh. let's move on yes <laughs> let's let's please do okay so moving on to the final one that we have which I know there's some people who would bring up some other actors such as the guy who played Batman for the brief appearance that he made in Birds of Prey. I don't consider that a real character since we never actually saw his face ever. But obviously let's move on to our last one which is Christian Bale in Batman Begins in the Dark Knight. And my opinion, you know, obviously we're all going to have our biased opinions depending on what really what movie we really like the most. As everyone knows, Dark Knight is a lot of our favorite movie, and I would say Christian Bale, to me, has been the best Batman of all time, specifically because he's built perfectly for the character. When he's Bruce Wayne, he acts like he does three acting personas when he's doing Batman, Bruce Wayne, and then the playboy Bruce Wayne, and he does a great job. You can actually see that there's a difference between every single character, and it's not like Val Kilmer or George Clooney where you can't you can tell that it's that person in the mask it's a whole different person when he's in the mask and going back to what I said about before about you know people complain about the voice I don't really think it's that big of a deal because you know the the roughness in the voice gives it some kind of intimidation which is what Batman is all about intimidation so by all means 
please, rough up his voice as much as you want. Just don't make it sound like he's roughed up and screaming. That's all I ask. <laughs> I, I love Christian Bell for this role because Christian Bell is an actor, first of all. So his acting abilities are probably better than any actor who's taken on Batman. Him within the bat suit, I love the Batman suits. I, I really love the Dark Knight suit. My issue with them are his cowl. And I guess because Christian Bale has like a a flat, skinny face, maybe that's why they made the cowl like his cheekbones so so thin. It looks so thin. The only thing about him is just the cowl. I, I just don't, I don't like the cowl part. Christopher Nolan, when he went out and got... Christian Bell for this role. It was lightning in a bottle because Christian Bell, by far, by none, is the perfect actor because he can pull off Batman, he can pull off Bruce Wayne, and you feel whatever Bruce Wayne is feeling. And I think that's what Christopher Nolan wanted within these new films. Christian Bell brought that to the Batman series. Yeah, I, Christian Bale is great. He's really great at sort of acting like he's acting, which is something that's essential to especially this version of the Batman story, because you get to see more than ever sort of the evolution of the character from the very beginning. And you can see, you know, oh, well, I have to act like a playboy sometimes. And, you know, you can see that he's kind of struggling with that sometimes. And it's a really nuanced performance, and it's really great. And the roughness in the voice, I didn't even... And that didn't annoy me at all in the film. And I was surprised when, you know, you get out on the internet coming home from the theater. I was like, what? People have a problem with this? Because it seems exactly. to fit. I know, <laughs> it fits. I mean, he doesn't want anybody to know who he is. So he roughs up his voice unrecognizably. I Okay, that's fine with me. <laughs> Anyway, exactly. If you put him in a costume, how would your voice be? You know, you don't yeah. recognize. You know? Especially if you've got, you know, the issues with I must protect Rachel and things like that. So another thing, I disagree with you on the cowl. I think he has a nice jaw and that nice sideways smile. It's good. Christian Bale's good. Oh, no, but that's his <laughs> smile and his jaw. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about the, the top part. Oh, OK. The plastic part. Yeah, the plastic part. (laughs) Let me ask one question. Have we seen Batman at any point in time while Christian Bale has been playing him smile? Not Batman, no. I was talking about, yeah. Right, right, right. I understand. I'm just trying to recall if there was any point in time where Christian Bale, while in the Batsuit, smiled. Because thinking about it, Adam West, (laughs) Val Kilmer, and George Clooney all were happy-go-lucky little Batmans smiling their rear ends off in every single movie. Hmm. Why was that? That's interesting, because it's almost like he sets his mouth differently when he's in the Batsuit, too. Like, it's almost like he can't... It looks like he couldn't smile at all. You know what I mean? He just has a different set to him. It's... I don't don't think Batman should be smiling anymore. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't think Michael Keaton smiled. I know there was a part oh, where, uh, he yeah, he did. Oh, right, with the in the with the penguin part. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so that's pretty much all the actors. We can talk about this some more down the line. We will get to the voice actors who have played Batman on TV and in different movies, but we all know who the main one has been. <laughs> 
Yeah. Can I say Kevin Conroy? Yeah. That's that's pretty much who. We'll probably get. We'll probably do something like that a later down the road. But that's all the live action actors that played Batman. We can talk about this more on the forums. Discuss it. We'll make a post up there for this. But that's pretty much all we have for this feature. As always, leave us a review on iTunes. You can email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can go onto the forums, become a member, leave comments about the podcast, or discuss anything and everything with other Bat fans on the forums. That pretty much covers everything that you can do right now. There's a lot of different things that you can do. We'd like to hear some feedback. We always want to hear feedback. It gives us motivation to continue to do this on to the future. We have a lot of things that are down the road the website being completely renovated as well as we have some interviews that we'll be putting out soon as well so make sure you're checking on the website out frequently to find out what's new and what's coming up so that is everything for this episode this is dustin this is apple this is savannah and you've been listening to the batman universe podcast we will see you guys next time take care guys Hopefully, yes. Ooh, wish, wish. Heck, even That'd Dark Tomorrow would be good. Almost anything by Jeff Loeb. Dark oh, Tomorrow? Yes. What is Dark Tomorrow? Oh, what is that? What is Dark Tomorrow? I don't think you have that correct. There. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, Dark Territory. No. No. Wait a minute. Dark Victory? Yeah. Dark Victory, yeah, duh. There you go. I didn't know what Dark, the, Dark Tomorrow was the name of a video Dark game. Tomorrow. I knew what he was talking about for some reason, but wow. Dark Tomorrow's a video game. That makes Okay, uh, Savannah did it right here. Yeah, I got Dark that. Victory. Dark Victory. <laughs>